0: Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of the Happy Hour with Ariel and Deuce, and we are live here at Huracan in Orlando. And I have a very, very long-time good friend of mine, Scott, on the episode with me today. How are you doing, sir?
1: Doing all right, Kyle. Great oh, to be here. Awesome. And welcome, I'm welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. And to all you show people in Podlandia. Good, good to talk to you again.
0: Well, I'm excited to talk to you because a, it's been a hot. I, I think it was the last one of these is the last time you were on, if I remember correctly. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, uh and that would have been pre-COVID. That would so. have been
0: pre-COVID because, uh, because I'm not even 100% sure if you were on the show at the last recon.
1: Actually, the very, the very last show before recon, before COVID hit. I don't think I was actually on.
0: I don't think I had mic time. The one yeah. before that I did. Yeah. But I'm talking about the last show you guys had, because you just had the recon that was just oh, like I'm six so- months ago. I think you were on, I, I think. Yes,
1: I'm sorry. It, 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 it's Saturday at, dur- during the show weekend, and my mind's already uh, shot from oh, lack of sleep.
0: Oh, my goodness. I, mine, too. I did not sleep yeah. worth a darn last night. So, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been doing great. We've got about three episodes in the can, so we're killing it. But it, it has been a uh, an interesting morning, which cons always are. Mm-hmm. But I mean, wh- what is your like highlights of the con so far been? Anything in particular you really enjoyed?
1: Well, um, the f- the first the first big highlight for me, of course, is just seeing everybody. Yes. Because um, I mean, this this will be our third show back post COVID because we cause we, cause we were down, we were down for for, th- for a year and a half for three right, shows. Right. Um, we managed to get get one more in before that calendar year ended and then right. and then we've had a, we've had a couple. Um, but I mean there's a lot of folks I only get to see you know here at the shows. So, well, that's true. Um, yeah. And you know because we're all adults, yeah we're all old. We've yes. all got stuff going on. yeah you know, trying to get together outside of the show even for folks who live relatively close together
0: isn't easy is
1: not easy because i mean um,
0: me and you live only like 30 minutes apart and i mean we hardly ever see each other so exact you know. exactly but i totally get it yeah. you know because it is being adults and having work and schedules and lives you know it's just tough seeing everybody
1: yeah so so yeah that that's always the number one highlight i get you know i get to see folks you know do a little bit of catching up you know um share a beverage yeah. throw some bullshit you know yeah. it's all good
0: yeah and it's good it's good like that's what i love about this convention is you get to see your friends and it's a good time to catch up and like have fun and just have a good time and just it you know that weekend you're gonna get to see certain people which hey john alami if you're listening to this we miss you buddy you and your wife wish you guys were here um but we get to see so many of our friends, which is awesome. And it, like you said, it might be the only couple times a right. year that you see them. Yeah. So, and,
1: and, you know, not to start off on, you know, on a downer note. Yeah. And, and to be, you know, super heavy, but because of COVID, stuff happened and, you know, some people got really ill. Um, and just because they're just real life in ages. Yeah. We've also, you know, we've lost some people for that reason too. Yeah. So, I mean, here of late, we've really, really been very appreciative of all of our time together. Yes. At yeah. these shows. Um, in fact, well, I mean, if you walked around, I, well, I mean, I know you walked yeah. around or run the sales for a lot anyway, um, but we have, uh, we do have a table set up, um, the The Harold Mudry estate. Yeah. Um, Harold, a uh, longtime member, at one of the founding members in, in, in a lot of ways um, of this chapter of uh, HMGS South, um, was a big help in, in for years, decades, almost a little over two decades, I believe. Yeah. Um, he, we rented all of our event tables from him. Uh, he was a historical war gamer himself, um, very active player, um, and you know, age, poor health, the whole, you know, yeah. and 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 sadly, we we, we did lose Harold um, a little while ago. Um, it was not unexpected, but also ex- also unexpected at the yeah. same time. Um, very sad. I mean, a lot of folks were you know very very close with with him. Um, it it's nice to see a lot of his extensive collection of of oh, of, g- of gaming material and when historical I was reference table. books yeah. um you know and also you know there's a couple of good pictures of him uh, yeah. posted too which is nice.
0: Well they had that banner that huge banner yeah. with him which yeah. I thought was
1: really really cool. Yeah. Um so that so that that's nice um uh, another longtime member um uh, doing a a a tribute game table for him. Right. Um so yeah it's Again, don't want to get too modeling, but yeah, but, but but yeah, I mean it's it, it it's sad and be, and because of those sadness moments, it really amps up the family atmosphere. puts everything in perspective. Yeah. Exactly. Puts it all in perspective and really makes us appreciate our time together For sure. um, and 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 really dive in and 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 enjoy this in their memory.
0: Yeah. Well, to th- 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 Turn it around just a little bit. What games have you played? Because what day did you get here? Did you get here Thursday? or did I, I
1: I got here Thursday. Thursday night. Got, okay. uh, 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 actually, Thursday afternoon. Okay. I, I, since I'm no longer on the board of directors, I don't have to get here in the morning for right. meetings with the hotel staff. Um, but I still got here about 1230 or so. Right. Um, and you know, after some visiting and hanging around, um, see, games I've played today – uh, throughout the weekend so far um, I did not actually play in but okay. I did sit and watch um, three and a half hours of, um, of uh, Eric Hansen, JDL uh, right. his, his his latest game demo for Blood and Crowns
0: oh, okay.
1: the, the game he's been working on I'm pretty sure that you talked with him a little yeah, bit about that earlier the,
0: and we talked to the Firelock guys about it which ah, you can okay. find them uh, just Firelock games put on your Google machine and you can find all their stuff um, but yeah, no. Uh, Talked to them about it, and he he seems super excited about it. But how how did everything go when you were checking it out? I, checking it
1: out, I, I I liked. I I have to admit, I have yet to actually play a full game of any of the Firelock stuff, but I right. have watched multiple games of it. Right. Um. Uh, I I rules wise, I like what I see. Mm-hmm. Miniatures, the Firelock miniatures are great. Yeah. fantastic stuff. Um, the rule set, the rule set variation that Eric is working on, um, I, I, I like it. Um, good time period. Um, he getting out, getting all of his stuff together. Um, yeah. I I. I not, there were there were no giant gigantic potholes that I was yeah. seeing. You know, as I was watching watching the game play out, hearing his discussion, hearing his explanation or or guidance, um, so that that was good. Plus. Yeah, he, he paints very well, so his yeah. miniatures were great. Uh, the ships he was using were fantastic, yeah. um, so that so that was good. Um, also, got to play um, with uh, Brian from Ocala Garrison um, uh, uh, Battle Fleet Alpha Strike, uh, which is a, which yes, which would say the game I saw yeah. you
0: playing the other night when I got here.
1: Yep, uses uses all the same the same size miniatures from from the Battletech, classic Battletech— Tabletop war game um, rules are a little bit more streamlined, uh, so it does move faster. Lets you use um, more stuff all at right. one time with, with with a little bit less bookkeeping. Um, great time! I mean, I've played that game uh, a lot before. Um, getting a chance to play again was. You know, always a good treat and we had we had a full table whether we had uh six or seven guys
0: yeah you had quite yeah. a few when i pulled up yeah. that and the other thing was you had a lot of mechs on the table like i was yeah. surprised i was like oh
1: well well i mean that that's that's the one benefit uh i mean we all love all of us to play and, yeah. and and you too because yeah. you know remember
0: you know yeah
1: back in your younger days when i was a wee lad we of, would
0: all play together at downtown comics and that was like one of the I look forward to this Sunday like all week because yeah. that was the time I could hang with the boys and like, you know, learn stuff. So, yep. but so, yeah, so yeah, we, a yeah. lot of mechs on that table. Yeah. I
1: mean, with classic, with classic battle tech, I mean, you know, usually you're running every player's running one mech, right? Maybe up to four, but at that point, it's only if you've been playing for a while and really have the rules yeah. well in hand and have your paper, have your paperwork, Bookkeeping skills oh, really, yeah. really up to snuff. Um, with Alpha Strike, because it's faster and le- and less bookkeeping, and instead of using an eight by an eight by eleven and a half right. piece of paper um, with multiple columns and 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 armor charts, everything's on an index card effect- yeah. effectively. Um, much, f- many, many fewer points to yeah to like ink there wasn't out on like a lot and, you know,
0: of like. And it looked like you almost had like little chitlets that you were like moving left and right to kind of mark things. Uh, or,
1: or, well, well or uh, you can you yeah you you yeah. can do it that way, um, or the easiest way is just to, is just to laminate those index cards okay. so you can just use a dry erase marker. Sure. There you go, uh, and just you know dot mark dot yeah. mark off the little dots. Um, um, but yeah, with with that, you get to use more. Everybody gets to run more mechs at one time. Right. Um. It's not quite to a full strategic level, mm-hmm. but it it's also definitely a step above the regular tactical level. Right. Um. So that it, very enjoyable, and you know, Brian's a great a, a great game master. Yeah. He's got he's got great terrain
0: because. Um, no, and, the table looked beautiful, yeah. and the miniatures look beautiful. Which, to side quest for a minute. Battletech made like a hero clicks version of Battletech. Did you ever see that? Yeah.
1: We, uh, when, when I was working at the Fantasy Factory, we carried that.
0: Really? Um, I didn't know it was out that long. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: Because yeah, um, the original company that had the, the Battle the Battletech license, a co- company called called FASA, um, uh, went out of business for one reason or another. It all relates to money, but it, there are multiple reasons for the money. Yeah. Um, and got bought by another company, and they fast forward to the timeline a little bit uh, within the universe, and made a different type of game, um, and it was what we call clicky, a clicky game, a clicky game like you know. the
0: other hero clicks games because they right. got it, it for exactly everything. like any IP you can think of has right. got one, right? Marvel, DC, you know mm-hmm. everybody,
1: right? It was the, the the exact same company that did. The, the hero clicks for both yeah. Marvel and DC. They're the ones that bought BattleTech, so they made they made a clicky version of it. Um, figures were cool looking. Yeah. Uh, they were a little bit bigger than what we had been used to. Yeah, uh, could and we? They have... were pre painted and pre painted, pre painted plastic. Not bad. Um, some of some of the molds, because it's plastic, were a little yeah. janky, but yeah. overall it was still kind of cool. Um, and that ran for for a few years. Um, up the timeline on that, uh, I think three or four years within universe, maybe up to five. Um, and we went from modified uh, industrial max back to actual battle max yeah. once you know once the can of whoop of ass ended up yeah. getting getting reopened in the universe. Um, so th- those were cool. Um, then another company got involved and really wanted to bring back the original. Yeah. classic feel. Uh, Catalyst Game Labs um, got got those operating rights to do that. Um, so we're we're really back to metal, More the old me- school, yeah. the metal ones. Yeah, metal minis. Yeah. Although, although Catalyst has been starting their own, re- yeah, the past couple of years, been starting their own plastic line. Oh, really? It's not clicky based. It's yeah. still it, it still has an actual solid flat base, but the scale. The size scale of the figure yeah. is is upgraded a little bit, um, there's a bit quite a bit more detail. Well, uh, I
0: wanted to buy a bunch of the clicky base ones just because I'd have them and they were already painted. Yeah, like you it, know, yes. mechs are mechs. Like if I put them on the field, we can run with them and run any rule set we want with them.
1: It, it, exactly, and and there were, there are were a number of guys that did that. Um, yeah, it, yeah it, it 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 all worked. Um, so yeah, that was, and Alpha Strike has come out of Catalyst. And, and 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 their licensed acquisition uh, of of the property, um, we still got classic and they still yeah. run it. But Al- Alpha Strike, they're really pushing hard. Um, and it and it great fun. It yeah. really is.
0: Well, I'm actually I, I just want to say I'm really glad to see that more is happening with like the BattleTech and the MechWarrior license because just this past year they dropped a new MechWarrior game. For like yes. the PC and the Xbox, which is awesome because I picked it up and I absolutely love it. Um, but I'm glad to see that they're they're doing more with the IP because for a while there, it felt a l- at least to me from the outside looking in, it felt a little dormant, like they weren't doing much with it. I,
1: it it was um, both uh, both on the real life side as far as the business right. and and also within universe with the timeline. Yeah, um, everything was kind of kind of sitting in one spot. Um, Yeah, possibly not all of your listeners will really be into a lot of it. But, you know, I mean, it's like with any IP and right. and, and people, different people get involved. Um, you know, things do change. Things are progressed,
0: well, especially if there's like
1: new ideas come stuff. in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know. if, if, you know, it's going from one company to another company and there's a legal battle or something, then the IP is just held up. It, exactly. So.
1: so so that makes the, the creative guys, the, the folks on the creative end of, right. of the property, you know. Be forced to go into neutral,
0: right? Yeah, you know, so because it's like we can't license a movie or a video game or a TV show or do anything with the property right. if we don't even know if we still technically own it. So,
1: <laughs> and I mean, and and even and even without that, it's like okay, you know, it, it, especially with the way of the world right now, yeah. uh, the way the way of the of the gaming hobby, it's through it can be through no f- nobody's fault. Sometimes you know games just die, companies die. Yeah. You know the creative guys, they don't want to get themselves kind of stuck in a position of, cool, we got this fantastic idea. Let's let us let, move forward with the story, right. and we, we 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 map out a story plan, which yeah. also uh, falls in line with mapping out a product line, right. and then four months in, okay, well we got to pull the plug on everything. Yeah. So it's just better to keep everything kind of where it's at. <laughs> yeah, and just kind of leave it and there. And tread water for a little bit yeah. and, you know, let the business take care of itself, and then you can move on.
0: Oh, no, that ma- that makes sense. And, it, you know, it, it happens with a lot of different properties, I, and I'm failing to think of a named property right off the top of my— Well, actually, hang on a second. Uh, the, uh, the one you played today, the Gothic— uh, uh, B-
1: Battlefleet Gothic, part, yeah. of, part of the Warhammer 40,000 universe.
0: Because they— I mean, they did it for a handful of years, but I don't think they're still making it, are they?
1: No, because uh, uh, BFG was always one of Games Workshop's uh, what what they what they called one of their secondary or specialty uh, games. Okay. And the specialty games are are, are never intended to be long term. Oh. Yeah. All okay. the all of their specialty games are always kind of like get it while it lasts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if if a specialty from GW lasts for five years, it is forever. Oh really? Yeah. You know, th- they focus on Warhammer Forty Thousand, um, and Warhammer Fantasy, yeah. which even that they killed, and w- and they moved on to the Age of Sigmar. It's still their fantasy game, but right. they rebranded it, um, changed the world setting. Um, but, the, but, but, but 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 those are their cores. Yeah. Anything 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 else had been a specialty. Um, a couple of recent things that they've been doing. Uh, one for fantasy and one for the sci-fi 40k right. um um they skirmish games everybody assumed that they were going to end up being specialties right they are all but a ofi- all but official permanent games now um
0: yeah because i was gonna say that kill team the kill, kill team, team for 40k been around for a minute yeah, so.
1: um, I think we're on. Well, they're on the second edition of the rule set, oh, wow. so you know, um, and and the one for fantasy. ooh, I, for, I I'm totally blanking on the name well, of I the didn't fantasy one. But it,
0: it, it had switched from Warhammer to the Age of Stigmata or whatever you said it was. <laughs>
1: yeah, Sigmar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's no longer the old world. Oh, it's okay. it's it, it's it's a it's a new setting. Uh, that there, there are there are some new factions. They still represent. There's still a lot of representation of what a lot of us old timers know yeah. from Warhammer Fantasy. But a lot of names have changed. Some new factions. Um, uh, some tweaks to a lot of tweaks to the setting. Uh, I mean it's still cool. Um. I'm still leaning more toward 40K universe yeah, myself. And, but, but I, I've know. always
0: lean that way. Yeah. But the thing is, because, like, I keep kind of getting the bug of maybe I'm going to get back into it. And at, at Dombrowski's, which is our local gaming store in Winterhaven, he's got all the stuff. But it seems like new, like, factions are popping up all the time. Like, they added one, it's, like, the Battle Sisters
1: sisters of battle yeah yeah, yeah.
0: And, and i was like "Ooh, that looks cool yeah so. well see
1: now, i mean now that one i mean uh, the sisters of battle um the the adeptus Soror- 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 sorority yeah, Sorry. yeah it yeah it, it it's nuns with guns um <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much it's pretty much what it is um um that's always been a big part of the 40k universe and and earlier rule editions back like second third edition of 40k they were an actively sold product line around fourth edition um there was no update for the sisters right and then they stayed dormant for a while people still liked them they still talked about them in setting there was still material but there was no new product yeah so folk the 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 goodly handful of folks that played the sisters yeah. had been playing with the same figures for 20, tw- years? 20 25 years. Um, with the most, one more recent editions of 40K, um, they have done. They started doing some new sculpts. There's some yep. new stuff out. Um, um, they're prettier, prettier sculpts, cleaner, okay. cleaner mold lines, a um, little bit more dynamic posing.
0: Well, the miniatures look beautiful. I will oh, definitely yeah. give it the, uh, that. They, they are absolutely astounding, but also even, so is the price. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, and in, in indeed, um, you know, I mean, our hobby is not a cheap one, no, for sure. Not. Yeah, um, but you know, metal. We've had multiple kinds of metal used in our miniatures over the years. Right. Um, there's now p- plastics and there are different variations of plastics right. now there you know there's also resins that are coming in coming into play although the resins are ungodly expensive oh wow um but yet the the, the plastic molding uh, has overall improved for the entire industry right um it used to be cheaper than metal yeah. uh but because plastic is a petroleum based product
0: Yeah uh, okay you know, that makes you, ha- sense. you have
1: you had that issue um um, there's also fewer places to get the stuff made. Yeah. You know, I mean, GW, I think, has their own production plants, which, you know, is is Smart. is helpful for them. But because they're a, king, a company from the United Kingdom, you get the technically, technically, yeah. it makes everything an import. Um, So that that will affect pricing.
0: I've always wondered why they haven't just go ahead and started a branch out here. As much as they're shipping to the United States, why they well, we just it, like open it, up a factory, or they, some sort of branch over here?
1: They have a business branch here. Okay, um, there there is a Games Workshop North America. There, I mean, okay. Games Workshop UK is headquarters. Okay, but there is a Games Workshop North America, which covers U.S. and Canada. It may cover Mexico also. Um, there's uh, UK Australia there, and there's uh, GW Australia, I'm sorry. No. Um, there's th- at least two, maybe three other units that they have. Oh, okay. Um, so there are business divisions here. I don't know what they do about production. Um so I
0: think it, they could lower the price if they could at least produce them and make them here.
1: Well, but... uh eh, yeah, there got are business that that there's business stuff with that. Yeah, I mean, I when that's fair. you know, that's when fair. when I was working at the Fantasy Factory and 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 convinced our owner Richard to let's let's try Warhammer again, yeah, um, I was involved. I was the ordering guy for it, right. um, and I was paying attention to what they were doing, yeah. And while yes, it is one whole company, right? It's technically. It, effectively functions as if they're franchises. Ooh. So, so Games Workshop headquarters in UK. Okay. It's their product. Okay. They are effectively selling it to Games Workshop North America. Ah. So a- if if anybody knows anything about about distribution lines. Okay. You have you have this widget. Okay. Company makes widget. Okay. Company puts it to a distributor. Distributor touches it. Okay, well they mark it up forty percent so they can make money on handling. Right. They sell it to a retailer. The retailer marks it up forty percent, so they can make money. <laughs> you know. So it,
0: yeah, so now you've got the forty and the forty and the forty it, and it just exactly. exponentially starts it, going up. It, exactly.
1: I mean the math is never that clean, yeah. but just for, for for ease of demonstration.
0: Yeah. It's Every been marked up three times exactly. so by the time it gets to you that's why you're like, Oh god, why is this so incredibly right. expensive? Right. So
1: And they also um, also have a target dollar amount in mind for a sale price. Right. Which is what they base their costs on. and it, Right. So. What
0: but, they call it MSRP. I, right. Manufacturer
1: yeah. suggested suggested retail pricing. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that does all go into taking into account the, you know, well, all of a sudden we're doing an economic show. Wow. You know, I know. I, I was just I was thinking,
0: man, we've really gone down a rabbit hole. Like as we like to call it a side quest. It, so it, we have we have definitely gone on a serious side quest. It,
1: it, exactly. I'm 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 sit, I'm sitting here on microphone with Kyle with, 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 with the happy hour and all of a sudden I'm doing the goddamn NPR show.
0: And the funniest thing is we're both drinking water. Yes. Like we have no excuse for yeah. on this one. Yeah, I mean it,
1: it right right now as we record this, it is broad daylight, daylight. the sun is out. Yeah. And we're drinking water, Water. and we've done this. We've we've done this this rapid fire of of
0: NPR. Well, speaking of MSRP, we're going to pay some bills. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the happy hour with Ariel and Deuce. And we're back with the happy hour with Ariel and Deuce, and I've got special guest Scott here with us um, on our new NPR theme but I'm, I'm so riveted with the conversation i hate to break it to you kids we're going back down the rabbit hole but first why don't you tell them when the next event hmgs south is doing
1: all right the next hmgs south convention um recon 2023 okay. will be happening april 27th through the 30th okay the theme for that convention is infantry nice um of course just because that's our theme does not mean every single game has to be right an infantry-based theme. But we do try and have a theme for most of the shows. Yeah, um, and I keep saying we, even though I'm not on the board of directors right, anymore. Right, right, right. They, they always try to have a theme for every show, um, mm-hmm. just so it gives it can give the game masters and game presenters. Uh, kind of a target to aim for as far as a type of game to run right. or, or or what sort of element to kind of focus on what well,
0: also kind of points them in the right direction and gives them like a jump off point because like prime example you just said the theme is infantry i'm thinking okay what's infantry troopers and infantry how about starship troopers though that's a whole thing built pretty much on infantry are you know that uh, Civil War infantry, or you know, paratroopers for World War Two. I mean, you could just you it, g- go, go, go.
1: Exactly that. That was that was that's that's been a big thing that the chapter has done. Uh, having themes for war game conventions is not uncommon at all. Um, something that HMGS South has always tried to do, though, is try to make the themes as open and broad based as possible. Yeah. So it does not. Present the idea of exclusivity of right. that particular time period, right. or a you know a particular era, or 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 even you know world region. Right. So with infantry, yeah, it, every time period, every nation yeah. is mean, always used infantry. It's just you know just different ways of doing it, um, different focuses for it. Um, um, several years ago, we had uh, there was a, there was a cycle of themes. Um, for you know, basically you know, navy and right. a, and a, you know stuff on the sea, stuff in the right. air. Um, so I mean, the the one for the sea was fantastic because I mean, we okay. had all way to all kinds of games going on um, from all eras. You know, uh, uh, age of steam. You know, War, World War One, classic age of sail, Napoleonic era, and even earlier. Um, it d- just so many things you can do, um, and it even let some of the folks. Who are not purely historical that take part in the shows? Yeah, also do something, right? You know, whereas you know, if you have a theme of Napoleon, mm-hmm. it, okay, well then, what does the sci-fi guy do? What, you yeah. know, what does the fantasy guy do? Um, but if you do infantry, yeah, you can yeah. Do, you can do the Star Trooper. you can do your Space Marine, you can yeah. do your Stormtrooper. Yeah. Uh, if you do air, you know, something something about you know power of the air. Yeah, yeah, great. Everybody's initial thought is you know. Bob, World War II bombers and modern fighter planes. Right. But if that isn't your first love and hobby, yeah. well, we all love it, but yeah. it's not your first love and hobby. Your first love and hobby is going to be fantasy. Well, great. You've got war griffins.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, you, basically, it gives you a broad brush to paint with, which I think is good. Yes. And, and it, it points the game masters in the right direction. But also what I love about the convention, you don't have to do anything on the theme. If you've got a game and you're like, hey, I want to run this game, as long as they approve it, you can do it. Right. So.
1: Right. And 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 the approval process is pretty easy. Yeah. Submit it onto the game grid. Yeah. As long as it is not, um, something that is currently imminently active. Currently imminently like if somebody.
0: Oh, like an active war, or
1: something. right? Exactly. Okay, Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I see what you're saying you know. now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're we're we're. we're the leadership of the chapter is going to kind of frown on anybody running a game set in set in Ukraine right now. Yeah, that um, yeah, that's like, not going to fly. Right. Yeah. You know, but give as long it, as it's it not a few an years. active
0: war zone, then right. you want to do a game about it, fine. Or if you want to do a fantasy game or a sci-fi game, they, in my opinion, I think they've been really lenient. The only thing, and this from the outside looking in, so you can tell me. I think the only thing they'd ever probably really throw a red flag on would be something content-wise. If it was like, "Oh, this seems like a little bit ma- too mature content," maybe we need to like. Which I don't even know of a board game that would have anything like that. Right. I mean, but, it, yeah. I mean, and and those things.
1: Let's see. I've been I've been participating in these shows in one way or another since two thousand and one. I honestly can't. I tell in you one when a yeah. content issue would come up, but I know they do happen in the, in the, in the hobby industry, yeah. but usually it's something that doesn't almost all the time is something that doesn't really get found out or noticed until after the fact, until, you know, until at best, until gameplay starting yeah. or after the fact when people go, you know, Hey, he was, you know, running a KKK game. It's like what, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, you know, um, or, you know, there but there were a couple of European shows where, you know, folks would come up and they'd be running a World War II game. Right. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, it's World War II. You know there's going to be Germans. You know there's going to be a certain di- certain divisions of the German army right, that are right, going right. to be there. But, you know, when the guy shows up wearing a uniform, yeah, you know. No, mm, nah, that's not, that's not going to fly. Kind of, that, yeah. that, that's, that's not cool. Um
0: but you know you don't know that until they walk, and walk the in the door, door. So. but i think that's with any convention any yeah. convention runs into that problem of i mean i'm not, I'm, I'm not i'm going to leave out names to keep us out of trouble and just say allegedly but like certain conventions that maybe are more like the comic sci-fi arena like people come in cosplay and it's definitely not appropriate for a family friendly event and they got to right. go hey you need to go change or we'll get you some, you know a couple show mm-hmm. t-shirts or something but like that ain't gonna work, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, I I re, I remember
1: one of the one of the last times that I went to a particularly large convention in the greater Orlando area. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was nobody's fault, right? Really, uh, but vendors. Yeah, there was a vendor who was who was on the sales floor, and they said that they they were a they were a video retailer. Okay. Fine. No problem. You know, independent. You know, it, they do some of their own stuff, and it's independent. Okay, okay great. Fantastic. They they set their booth up, or th- their booth w- space was assigned. Okay. Right across from a kid's, like, free play area. Okay. Well, the independent oh, no. video distributor was a bit more of a mature direction
0: an adult video direction maybe yes and it's right in front of the kids player right now none of the box art was pornographic that i remember
1: none of the box art was overly gratuitous yeah but you could still kind of tell and then the it's a questionable term in you know in in the twenty first century, right. but we i'm old, we still know it as the booth babes, yeah, well, the booth babes look like barely legal runaways who were being trafficked <laughs> um it's like allegedly allegedly you know a <laughs> lawyer you know it's like um nope yeah, it, it, but you know at that point it, yeah it, it was it it was a thing, yeah
0: actually let me ask you a question since we'll just go down another rabbit hole have you been to any like big I mean other than of course here hurricane and Gen con and stuff but like say your sci-fi comic book conventions have you been to any of those recently or any of the bigger ones I should say honestly it has
1: been a good 12 15 years since I last went yeah um they're still cool I mean yeah. I i'm I'm still a I'm still a well-rounded. Nerd uh, m- m- multi yeah. genre nerd geek. Um but the shows themselves are getting so expensive to get into. Yes. And
0: And it's you, you know, get nickel and dimed everywhere yeah, too. It's, yeah, it's like okay, I just paid sixty dollars to walk in here and now this guy's autograph's fifty dollars and this right. one's sixty and this yeah. one is and I'm like, what the I mean, I'm mean, even before yeah. I stopped going to the shows. Yeah.
1: I stopped doing autographs from almost anybody because the prices were just getting out of control. Yeah, You know, it, I mean, it has become its own industry. And, you know, yeah, I, meeting celebrities, meet, meeting people that are in the movies, right. or meeting, it, 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 that's all awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Um, But, I don't know, there's just something about, yeah. hi, here's 60 bucks, can you sign this for me? It, you know, yeah. I mean, I, it, once it hit 20, I would... That, I mean, yeah, the average price is sixty bucks now, and I stopped and I stopped even taking part
0: in that element when it hit twenty. Yeah, that tells you how long. Well, and that was the thing. Like I, we've told this story in the podcast before, but like back when I started going to say some of the bigger conventions in the Orlando area, like people, you would get their autograph for free, and then like the D-list celebrities were in one little area, and they would charge you for their autograph because they needed the money. But, like, the other guest would do it for free.
1: Right. Free to us as, as right. the geeks getting uh, this again. Yes. They would get paid it, by the of event. Of course. I
0: yeah. mean, they didn't just show yeah. up to Orlando just because they wanted to see Disney World that weekend. I'm sure right. they got cut a check. Yeah. But, like, I remember, um, like, some of the Smallville cast came out because the local WB channel brought him in. Right. Same thing with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The local WB channel uh, brought him in, which kids put in your google machine the wb channel on upn that was a thing before the cw was a thing so back when we still had terrestrial tv and all that stuff (laughs) but uh so you can just put that in your google machine but yeah like they would bring them out and they put huge banners and be like you know buffy's on tuesday at eight on wb18 and it's it's so cute when i sit here and, and i hear and i hear you
1: that i play who I played Battletech with when you were in high school. High school. Pip- in pip- middle school, even, yeah. In middle school.
0: Pipe, you know, piping up with the in my day speech. Oh, and, oh I know. that's adorable. Because, I mean, the kids now, like, they don't understand. Like, I was trying to explain to my nephew, who, like, just turned 21, some of this stuff, and it was like, I was like, no, you got to remember, back in the day, we had, like, three networks, and then we got UPN and the WB. Now, you still have cable, but, like, and explain some of this stuff to him, and it was no like, streaming. There was no streaming, and, like, he's just... I I mean, he's getting most of it. He's trying his best, God bless him. But you know what I mean? Like, he just can't wrap his head around it. (laughs) Because I remember, like, when that happened, which uh, uh, now that I've got you on, we talked about it the other day. I'll talk about it with with the fans where they can hear it. I'm really getting gung-ho about doing this oral history of a series about all kinds of different things. But one is the Fantasy Factory. I really want to do one about that. And one of the things that's definitely going to be in that episode is – the way I found out about the Fantasy Factory is you had a commercial that was on WTOG 44 and in the afternoons. V32. Uh, well, it would, it, we had a... Yes. Actually, was it because v... it was during yes, yes, Star was Trek The Next Generation. Next gen, and it was right. on yes. WTOG was 44. Yep. And yep. it was on, like, every afternoon. And it would run, like, two or three times an episode. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, like, just once. Yeah. And you had some... Yeah, for the time, some pretty cool effects. Because you had, like, a spaceship that came and, like, landed in the parking lot and stuff. Um, it was, like... You, yeah. You got as close to a Y-Wing as you could without getting sued, is what you did because i remember it vividly because it would come in and it would like land like right in front of the door of the store and then it would show like shots of the inside the store but that was kind of like at the very end it would land and it would show all the info i I remember
1: i remember the sections where we had there were there were clips i mean again we it was before i started working there um there'd be clips inside the store uh our manager john was actually the guy in the video um and it would it would And the one I remember was interspersed with uh, some clips from uh, Wrath of Khan and Dragonslayer, I I think it was.
0: Yes. uh, That that was a – I think you had two or three, to be honest with you. And I could be dead wrong on that, but I do remember the one you are talking about because, like, it would show the sci-fi stuff and it would be like, Khan! And then it would show the D&D stuff, and you had, like, a dragon breathing fire, which I guess was from Dragon Slayer. So it kind of, like, let people know, but I vividly remember the one where the spaceship landed, because it was very early VFX Mm -hmm. that, in... It, which, at the time, looked pretty good. Now, I'm sure if you looked at it, you'd be like, that's... still oh God. But, I remember it was like... It looked like a Y-Wing, but it was like as close as you could get to a Y-Wing without, you know, Lucasfilm being like, no. no. So, but yeah, like, I vividly remember that as a kid. Because every afternoon, I would rush home to watch Next Gen. Because they would do, I think it was like two episodes back-to-back. Like, maybe from three to five or something I it was think, like yeah, right when i got th- out of school yeah, three to five I yeah that's what it was yeah but like i vividly remember that so i definitely want to end up like talking to you and and getting more stories of the store out but d- were they doing those ads when you were working there
1: no okay you know, um the, the the tv spot was very early on in the store's history okay um it was effective in that people still remember it yeah uh, but like most advertising for a specialty niche yeah. market, effective as far as bringing people in and getting them to spend money, eh, yeah. maybe not quite as much as it could as it ought to have been. Right. But, but it, it was still excellent exposure, um, and 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 it was pretty impactful. Yeah, I mean, I vividly remember it as a kid. Um, and but then it, the other but, thing. But yeah. But yeah. A- after that, though, no, we didn't do any more TV. Uh, we did. We did do print. Um, we did do print ads.
0: Where'd you do the print ads at?
1: Um, well, of course, back in the old days, before everybody had cell phones, right? You know, there was a, a big thing called a phone book. Oh and, yes, yes. And we had yellow page listing in there. Okay. Um, a decent sized listing, along along with a coupon. Okay. And uh, depending if we had any sort of big special events going on, right? We would actually do uh, ad space in the local
0: newspaper. Oh, okay. Well, hence why I probably didn't see that one because I didn't read the newspaper as a kid. But I'm actually kind of surprised my parents didn't because they knew I loved all that stuff. I'm not like, hey, check this out, because they would take me whenever I was good and we went to my grandmother's. The treat was I got to go to Enterprise 1701, oh, which okay. was in Orlando. Okay, We'll say, Well, t- that's the trick whenever yeah. you were good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I well, Usually whenever I went to grandma's, I got to go. So that okay, that right. was the good thing. But, you know, we'd only see grandma maybe like. Every other month or, right. you know, it wasn't like all the time, but I would think they'd be like, oh, look, this is way closer than Orlando. He likes all this nerd stuff. Why don't we just take, you know what I'm saying? Because right, yeah. dad read the paper and right. mom, I think to some degree, probably read the paper um, because, I mean, they were always taking me up there and give me like next gen T-shirts or, you know, whatever. And that's where I, I got a lot of my beginning 40K stuff um, was from there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I and it's interesting that you had those other avenues cuz like i said i vividly remember the tv ad don't ever remember radio spot and don't ever remember no cuz uh, seeing anything in yeah, print yeah yeah
1: ra- radio spot definitely not cuz it probably have been too pricey yeah i mean i mean and the, t- the tv spot was pricey enough oh i'm sure the yeah. tv
0: spot but because not only are you paying for the tv spot somebody had to make it Right. And that probably wasn't cheap either. Yeah, well, I mean, would
1: I mean, the, the, the station itself, I think, it used their own ad department to actually do... To create the, 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 the know, commercial. Um, and I'm sure there may have been some licensing in there because of the clips, yeah. although the clips were short enough or it may have slid under the wire. That, yeah. Because that's the beauty about licensing video or audio clips. Yeah. You know, you, you're allowed... amount, know, You know, a certain number of seconds or a certain number of bars for of yeah. a music, right. and you can... Kinda get away with it, um, but but yeah, it was. But you know, but your your statement about you know, not being aware of the newspaper print ad, but your folks knowing not maybe not knowing about it, but knowing about Enterprise in yeah. Orlando, well because Enterprise had been around for so long and was so big, yeah, even you know, normal folks, what yeah. may have at least heard about it.
0: Uh, to be honest with you, I. I can't remember how we found out about it. Actually, I think I do know how we found out about it. We literally drove past it, and I think they had, like, an Enterprise on top of the – they had something on top of the building. Yeah, it's it's been forever. Yeah, yeah, there was something on the building. Yeah, and I was like, Mom, Mom. And she was like, okay, I'll turn around. And we turned around, and we walked in, and I was, like, in heaven. And Mom (laughs) – there's probably a part of Mom that was like – I really wish that they had never turned the car around. Yep. it's <laughs> like, oh, God, what have I done? Yeah, because yes. every single time we'd, we'd end up going. But, I mean, I just – I remember that store being – I mean, Downtown Comics, which I definitely want to do an oral history of and get your point of view and some other people that work there and, and game there's point of view on. I want to do, like, a series about that, but I also want to do the Fantasy Factory because, I mean, I did frequent there a lot. Hell, my half my senior wardrobe came from your store. Which, let me tell you, I was killing it with the ladies, guys. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of fun
1: there. Yeah, nothing nothing says that I'm available and single like wearing a comic book t-shirt. Like, Trust me.
0: wearing a Flash shirt like you're Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> yeah, right. N- nothing says, hey, ladies, I'm your guy. Like wearing, you know, a Batman and a Flash shirt to school every day. But, you know, like I had just so much fun there. And it's it's one of those things that I feel like if I don't do the research and get this on audio now parts are going to fall off yeah if that makes sense yeah, like uh, the original man. owner it, something may happen and you know or god forbid because a lot of this to me personally came from i listen to a lot of pro wrestling podcasts mm-hmm. a lot of these guys are getting older and when they pass away those stories go with them yeah so if you don't have it on audio or written down they're gone yeah i mean yeah. You know, i mean it, i mean the wrestling thing yeah. you
1: know i mean that I was never a – I'm not a huge, gigantic wrestling fan. Right. But I'm old enough where I remember the good old days. Yeah. Again, Channel 44. Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Professional wrestling with Gordon Soley. Championship
0: wrestling from Florida with Dusty
1: Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, yeah. I mean, and, you know, so I remember, you know, Dusty and that generation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and some of those guys are dead. I mean, yeah. It's, you know, it's and like, the it's stories
0: like, go with them. Yeah. I mean, how many stories did they have about the Sportatorium in Tampa or or whatever the building was called? Yeah. But that they had the wrestling there and Gordon Soley. The Fort Homer
1: Hesterley Armory.
0: There is that what it was. <laughs> well, there there was that one too. Okay. But, but yeah. But but there but there was
1: a I Sportatorium think, of yeah. some kind. Yeah. Uh,
0: but like there, you know, these stories go away if we don't get them on tape and on audio. And I want to do that before any of the pieces start falling off, and yeah. especially why, to some degree, I mean, it's not fresh, fresh, but like Downtown Comics, he only closed, what, like 20 years ago? Maybe? Not um, even? Um,
1: When did, when did Frank... Well, I, I was working at the Fantasy Factory when yeah. Frank bought Downtown from Matt. Right. And I started working at the Factory in 98. Yeah. So, it was... I want to say it may it may be about 20 because I because I I think I I think think it
0: closed like in 2004. Yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark because I graduated in 2001 and when I was in college, it was still open. Now, it was on its. Fourth location at that time. Yeah. And then and you can correct me on this and I'm just going to say allegedly sort of lawyers happy and get paid this week. Um Frank sold it over to Coliseum of Comics, or yeah, something, because like yeah. Frank wasn't there anymore. There was some other guy running it, but it was under the Coliseum of Comics banner. Right. And I'm like, what the hell is up and, with this? Right,
1: and because I for Coliseum got involved, I can't remember when they got involved. I yeah. part of me, and when you when you talk to him, you yeah. can verify this, but part of me wants to think that Matt signed up. As
0: an affiliate
1: with Coliseum,
0: I think you're right. I think you're right. Because I think, because I remember when it before it moved to the fourth location, when it was in the third location, yeah, he got like a ton of statues in it. I'm like, what the hell, and like, and he started getting books in because that's where I got one of my uh Bruce Campbell books Mm. from, right? And he was getting all this new stuff in, and I'm like, what's going on? And and I think it was because of the deal with Coliseum, and Coliseum was like putting that stuff in the store right. because he was an affiliate. Yeah. Now, I don't know how all that works, and like I said, doing this oral history, we'll find out more of that. Like, how did all these things work? Why did people make certain choices or make certain decisions or do different things? Because to me, I just find all that fascinating. I mean, like we said earlier, it's kind of MPR-y, but especially, like, if you're somebody like me that grew up and like, Downtown Comics is something that really molded me as a person. Not just, like, it's where I got my comics. Like, it had long-term lasting effects on me in a great way. And, like, what a better way to honor it than, like, tell its history so the people that never got to be there can kind of feel like they know a part of it. And so, us old-timers like me and you can reminisce about the good old days, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: Plus, I mean, there there is a... Education with a little e, yeah. educational element yeah. also for 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 a lot of folks that may be that may be listening uh, about this stuff because it was yeah we're all still geeks yeah we're all still into you know sci-fi and fantasy and comics and you know and you know all the, all this nerdy shit right but it was different back then than it is now right number one now it is much more open and accepting it's a much right. broader base oh yeah there's far less ridicule oh yeah there, there's the occasional side eye sure but but it but it but hell even in your day yeah for damn sure in my day yeah it was ridicule yeah and we had to have these places because these that, safe places right yeah but before before safe place actually became yeah, safe a, space a, be, yeah. became a known uh, became a known quantity yeah stores like that that were, was ours were ours the one we had yeah, that was one, it exactly exactly you know and where we found out about stuff because we didn't have the internet no you know we didn't know you know so um, I mean I'm only a couple of years younger than the end of party line telephones oh god so I mean yeah you know um, kids put that in your google machine yeah um but so, you know, finding out about stuff, you had to go to one of these stores. Yeah. You had to look at the magazines in the rack and yeah. you know, and look at new releases. You It was the only way you had. Yeah. Um, of course, it was also when you could go to Gen Con for, you know, 15 bucks for five <laughs> full days a week. You know, yeah. Uh, or when
0: you could go to some of the big conventions here in Orlando and the same thing. They were only like 15, 20 bucks. Right. So, you know, I mean. And free parking. And free parking. Yeah. God. We're paying more for parking now than we paid to get into can the damn shows. It. Yeah, we did a whole episode about how some of our, our well, I can say it, aerial and version two went to maybe so-said name, big convention in the greater Orlando area, and they couldn't find a place to park. Yeah. And they ended up having to park, like, I can't even remember. They said it in the episode, and you guys that listen, I'm sure you'll remember. Um, but, like, it was just a nightmare, and that's why they're like, we're not going back. Like we might go back on Sunday, but we're not going to try and do the whole weekend like we did this time because yeah. they were like it was just a bust.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, unless unless you are staying at one of the two hotels directly right. across the street from 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 the convention center yeah. and can park in their spot, and you get there the day before,
0: yeah, it's just not happening. No. So I just you know. It's interesting, but we love this convention. Uh, we have had such a fun time here at Huracan, and we're really looking forward to Recon, which is coming up. Give me those dates again, boss. All right.
1: Huracan. Uh, we are at Huracan. sorry. At recon. Recon yeah. 2023, uh, April 27, 28, 29, and 30 Uh be the last full weekend of the month. Uh, that's always been our thing, right? You know, whether it's Recon in the spring in April or Hurricane in the autumn in September, yeah. we always go for the last full weekend of the month. Um, but yeah, um, April 27 through 30, Recon 2023 uh, will be at the um, at the Wyndham Resort and Conference Center in Kissimmee, Florida, um, just off of U.S. Highway 192. Uh, the official address is somewhere on Main Gate
0: Road, yeah. but There's a road sign out on 192. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's, I I also want to say a big shout out to number one, uh, the, the amazing board members at HMGS South. For having us as a show come out as a celebrity guests this weekend, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. And want to say thank you, and I also want to say a special thank you to the Wyndham Resort and Conference Center here in Kissimmee, Florida. They have been absolutely just amazing. I mean, it's the the, the place is beautiful, the rooms are beautiful, the service has been you know top notch all the way across. And I just want to give give the the hotel and conference center just a lot of love on that end too. Uh, but any any final thoughts before we wrap up buddy um, other than
1: looking forward to the to the second half of the weekend yes um, um, I'm actually gonna head down and, and, and hit a game yeah um, I and, actually legit and, made him late for a game today so in in, in, in just a few minutes uh, then uh, probably gonna go grab a bite to eat and then have then have a nighttime game um, but yeah it's just it, it's just a great time. Uh, I know. I know. I've been on. I've been on the podcast uh, a few times, telling you about the great, the great time. And you know. At back then, yes, I was on the board of directors. It was my job to tell you, but now I'm d- now I'm just a game playing schlub. Yeah, this is still a great show. It's folks. an
0: amazing show. We have so much fun. So you guys definitely need to come and check it out. uh Scott, again, thank you so much for coming on. And guys, like I said, just keep your peepers peeping. We're gonna be doing these oral histories. We got to lock some dates down and got to lock some times down. And we definitely got to have Scott back on the show again sooner rather than later, brother. Indeed, not a problem, man. I blo- uh, thank you very much for having me, Kyle. Oh, well, thank you so much. And this has been another amazing episode of the Happy Hour with Ariel and Deuce. And as always, Deuce is on the loose. See you guys.